0: Great to be able to carry on our community theme with you this morning, and I want to talk to you today about fulfilling belonging and building community. And for some of us, maybe as we've talked about community and we've talked about belonging, you know, it can instill those feelings in us that we have that you know we don't necessarily always feel like we belong, we don't always necessarily feel really connected into a community maybe we feel alone and isolated maybe we feel lonely and and especially in this season of covid and how those things are affecting us and you know so many of us we want desperately to belong we want to be wanted we want people to care for us you know belongingness brings that human emotion that wants to be accepted as a member of a group you know whether it's a family whether it's friends whether it's co-workers whether it's being part of a religion group or or a community group you know we want there's an inherent desire within us to belong about about having a will to be able to express ourselves and be able to give something back and and people to be able to give into us and there's this desire for that within us and yet so often we can feel lonely and and feel alone and feel apart and feel like we've got nothing to give and you know so so very often we then spend our time fulfilling these feelings by you know Keeping ourselves busy so we don't realise how lonely we feel or how unconnected we are. By getting an emotional or maybe a physical fix from somebody else or something else to make us feel like we're wanted and we're important. You know, maybe it's about how many likes or follows we get on social media to say, I'm a part of something. Somebody wants me. And, you know, sometimes it's achieving success or, or things that we do well on to say, I have value in this world you know the dictionary definition of community is that it's a group of people living in one particular area or a people who are considered as a unit because of their common interest social group or nationally or nationally and you know so often we can say well i am part of this community because i fit into it i live in it i attend it i i i like those things as well as you know i i'm part of a knitting community because we all like knitting you know facebook and and social media you can join communities of people who love dogs and talk about dogs and yet so often we can still feel so alone and isolated and not apart And I want to talk to you this morning as church about how we can help to build a healthy, godly and welcoming community. Because people so often, even people who are part of our church may feel alone and isolated. So what can we do? What can we do in this season where so much is online? But also what can we do generally to build a healthy, a godly and a welcoming community? It is so important that we do that, but also what can you do as an individual? Because sometimes times you may find yourself in a healthy a godly and a welcoming community and yet you still feel isolated and alone so maybe there are things you need to address in your life there are things that you need to work through to help you accept that you are loved to help you accept that you are part of that community to help you accept that you belong so i'm hoping as we look through these different things this morning it will help us to build well as a church community but it will help us as individuals as well where we struggle to help grow and change and feel accepted and belong where we can and where we do and i think the answer to this question how do we build that well part of the answer we can find it in in a speech that paul gives in the book of acts and he he gathers the leaders from Ephesus they come and visit him at Maltus where he asks them to meet him before he goes back to Jerusalem and this is when Paul goes to Jerusalem where he's then arrested and eventually ends up in Rome where he's imprisoned for a number of years before he's executed and Paul knows that this impending doom is coming he knows he's not going to be seeing people again the Holy Spirit has warned him he doesn't know what's going to happen but he knows that he's not going to have the freedom that he's had and so he gathers those leaders from Ephesus those people that he's worked with those people he's imparted to those people he's put in position of church leadership and he says come and visit me before I go to Jerusalem and so they come and they meet with him and I want to read to you now from Acts part of the account where he talks to them the speech that he gives them before they say goodbye to him as he boards the boat to Jerusalem so here we go Acts 20 verse 23 Sorry, Acts 20, verse 32 to 38 in the Passion Translation. It says this. So this is Paul talking. And so now I entrust you into God's hands and the message of his grace, which is all that you need to become strong. All of God's blessings are imparted through the message of his grace, which he provides as the spiritual inheritance given to all of his holy ones. I haven't been after your money or any of your possessions. You all know that I've worked with my hands to meet my own needs and the needs of those who've served me. This is the key part now. I've left you an example of how you should serve and take care of those who are weak. For we must always cherish the words of our Lord Jesus, who taught, Giving brings a far greater blessing than receiving. After Paul finished speaking, he knelt down and prayed with them. Then they all cried and with great weeping as one sorry, then they all cried with great weeping as one after another hugged Paul and kissed him. What broke their hearts the most were these words You will not see my face again. Then they tearfully accompanied Paul back to the ship. So Paul wanted to give them one final boost, one final encouragement, one final word to help them on their way of building the community, looking after people, caring for those who were struggling. It was key in his mind. He wanted to refresh in them the words of Jesus that had stuck in his heart, that he wanted to impart to them. He said, don't forget these things as you go on and you build community and you look to belong together. And then if you read on in the book of Ephesians, which Paul wrote aloud later wrote from jail to the Ephesians to these same people he is banging the same drum at him he's encouraging the believers to walk as fruitful followers of Christ he's encouraged them to serve in unity in love in the midst of persecution it's all about the community that they build and how they are with one another so he bangs the same drum at him in the letter that he writes because he knows what it takes to build a good and a healthy and a godly community and I think the most amazing thing is that when we look at how we're trying to build, we're trying to build, breathe, that G- that we're Jesus-centered, that we're rooted in love, that we're together in unity, that we're broad in outworking who we are, that we're far-reaching in helping other people. And I see all of those things in what Paul is trying to tell the Ephesians to do to build a good and healthy community. And so let's look at some of the highlights that we can focus on as an individual to help us feel apart and belong, but also as a community of people that we can put in place to help and encourage us to look after and care for one another too. And the headlines I want to look at are from that verse 35 and I'm going to read it to you again. And it says this, I've left you an example of how you should serve and take care of those who are weak. For we must always cherish the words of the Lord Jesus who taught us, giving brings a far greater blessing than receiving. And I just want to focus on three different things of ways that we can help to build a good community and we can work through our own things as well and and, and grow in being a part of a community and, and feeling that we belong too. So the first one is this, teach by example. You know, how often and I think maybe it's being a parent I'll often think oh I ask the girls to do things but do I actually do them myself you know very often it can be do what I say but don't do what I do how good an example do we set how good an example do we set to those around us how good an example do we set to those that we walk with about building a good community about loving people about being kind to people And you know, sometimes you look at some people and you think they do amazing things. They do amazing things in supporting the weak. They do amazing things in helping and and dealing with social plights that are going on. And you look at them and you think, I just, I don't know where to start. And you know, people, as you look back through time, you look at people like Mother Teresa, you look at Elizabeth Fry who did so much prison reform. You look at people like Martin Luther King and Mahatma Gandhi and Nelson Mandela and you just think, what am I doing what am I doing to build a godly and a healthy and a helpful community what am I doing to impact and bring change so that we see good in this world and I think sometimes you can get so caught up in that that you you're almost frozen by it and so I want to pull you back and think what can you do on the in the place where you're at from from where you are to help build and change your community to help build love and care and goodness into our communities into your family group into your street into your small group into your ministry into our church what can we do and sometimes we look at these great big scale of people who impacted and changed the world when we just need to come back and start in the small start in the small things and they grow big and you know I just want to share with you a few people closer to home from my heart that have helped to change me, that have helped me to to grow and develop as an individual, but have also therefore impacted how I've impacted others and therefore impacted community and belonging. You know, Rosa Warrilow taught me to pray. Steve Russell taught me the amazing gift of digging deep into the word of God. My nan taught me the importance of saying hello and visiting people and and looking after people in a local community, of being a good neighbor. My dad and my granddad taught me that there were kind men in this world when at the time I'd not experienced that. Paul's taught me that people can be faithful. You know, Grace and Olivia teach me on a daily basis. You know, they correct me and teach me to be kind and think of things from other people's point of view and not just what I think. And, you know, all of those things may not be specifically to do with community, but they've changed me and impacted me. So they change how I build community around me. They change the love that I bring. They change the care that I bring. They change the impact that I have on people. On The small community that I affect around me because of the impact that they have had. So, teach by example. Teach those around you by how you want to see the world. Start small. Do it in the small things, and then you begin to see it impact and change the bigger things around you. What example are you setting? Take some time out to write down what you want to do, what impact do you want to have on your family, on that community, what impact do you want to have on your workplace, what impact do you want to have in your street, what impact do you want to have in this city, in this world, write them down because otherwise we just muddle our way through life. If we can actually write down what we want to do and be intentional about it, considering what we say versus what we do, having that balance of those things if we can write it down and think about it and then think right I'm going to attempt this on a daily basis. I'm going to attempt to love more. I'm going to attempt to send a message to someone to let them know that I care. I'm going to attempt to, you know, talk to somebody about Jesus and see them come to faith. I'm going to attempt to, in my small group, you know, talk a bit deeper about the Bible and find out more about God and how I can live my life. Building a strong and a healthy community is about what we do as an individual and about what comes out of us because we are part of that community. If we are breeding from us hatred and anger and criticism and 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 things that aren't helpful then that breathes into the community around us we may not think it but it does it affects people those looks that we give those things that we say when we don't turn up to things it affects people affect the community of the church affect the community of your workplace by being positive by being kind by being helpful by not criticizing by not getting pulled in to gossip pull those things back in, teach by example and you're teaching those around you by how you serve, how you give and how you love. So the first thing is teach by example. The second thing to help us build community and to help us belong is support the weak. Paul said it in verse 35, you know, support those who are weak and in our society there's been a huge shift in the last 100 years or, or so and about how we see those who are weak how we see those who who are maybe a little bit different than ourselves and so much more is done for inclusion and acceptance But there is so much more that needs to be done there is so much more we need to do that we need to teach our children that we need to correct other people who write things on social media that aren't helpful that we need to stand up in our workplace and say this would be better if we could do this there needs to be more acceptance more allowance, more support more understanding and as a church we can start that with how we operate what we say and do on a daily basis is we begin to try and support those who are weak whether it's because of physical things whether it's because of social things whether it's because of emotional and mental things that we can get alongside people and be their champion be their support and be their strength that's what God calls us to do and people can be weak in many ways they can be weak physically mentally spiritually socially socially But yet God calls us to support them and get alongside them. And we try to do many different things, but there is so much more that we can do. And if you feel weak, then talk to us people about it. Talk to us about it. Let us help you. Let us support you. You know, I talked at the beginning about it's about us building, but it's also about individuals working in their own lives. And sometimes part of that is to actually say, I'm struggling. Can I have some help? And often the help is there, but we find it difficult to access this, whether it's because of pride or shame, or we're just not quite sure, or we're afraid of the implications of that. Can I encourage you? If you need help, ask for it. If you need support, ask for it. People are here and they care and they desperately want to help, but sometimes they don't know that you need that help. And you may say, I don't feel like I belong. Nobody cares about me. Nobody asked, but have you told somebody how you feel? Have you told somebody that that you need that help and if you have are they supporting you and if not get in touch we would love to support you and stand with you you know it says in the passion translation take care of the weak but in the english standard version it says help the weak and help in the greek the, the, the root meaning of it is this take hold of the weak help them sharing their weakness partake of and enjoy so if we go back to the original weak, the, the, we're asked to help them, we're asked to take care of them and the original Greek meaning means to take hold of them, to help them, to share, to partake, to enjoy. Now, to take hold of, yes, I can get it. To take hold of people who are weak to help them. You know, when I helped my nan when she was getting old and she couldn't walk as steadily, I would take hold of her arm to steady it. You know, you're sharing people's weakness by lifting them up, by giving of yourself to them. But to enjoy... And I thought about this and the thing that came to mind was, do we enjoy helping people do we enjoy supporting people and i think the answer is yes initially very often we can be really enthusiastic you know maybe we start a new thing up within church or you see uh, somewhere where you can volunteer and we're excited we're excited to help and volunteer we're excited to donate to the food bank we're excited to go and paint somewhere we're excited to get involved in something but how long does that last the inconvenience of it when we feel tired. In the long term, how long are we willing to support the week for? How long are we willing to go? Because sometimes the initial enthusiasm, you can get lots of people turning up to help, but as time goes by, is the enjoyment in helping and serving others still there? And you know, I've seen the example, you know. For as many of you know it's been six months since my mum passed away and for a couple of years before she passed away as she was she was battling with the cancer my dad gave up work and and his full-time occupation then was to look after and support my mum and it was just an amazing sight to behold and yet he enjoyed doing it and I watched him over the years and nothing changed it was a blessing to his heart to be able to look after her to be able to support her to be able to run her around to appointments and was it easy not at all but it never changed in his heart what what it took to do it there was never a point he loved looking after her, he loved supporting her was it difficult at times yes was it frustrating I'm sure it was was it hard for him without a doubt but the enjoyment he had in being able to serve her and love her in her weakness is the cancer too cold the enjoyment he had in being able to hold her hand and wash her and take care of her the enjoyment stayed the same tiredness did not come in and take it away the inconvenience to his life when he could no longer do what he need, what he would once have done didn't come into place because the love he had for her was greater than the inconvenience the love he he had for her was greater than the tiredness the long term care did not affect him because the love he had was there that helped him to support her in her weakness and i want to encourage you on an individual level ask god to Fill you with a love for the weak like you have never known because that is the thing that will keep you going in the long term. That is the thing, church, that will keep us serving in the long term. When we get frustrated, when we get disillusioned, when we get tired, God is calling us to support the weak, and the only thing that will keep us going is love, loving those people, the love of Jesus, the love that Jesus had. Four people. So often we read stories about Jesus in the Bible. When people came to him and he was tired and he tried to get away and he'd gone away to a quiet place, and yet the crowds found him because he was tired, because he was weary, because he wanted some quiet time with God. And yet the love that he had caused him to come again, caused him to go again, to love again, to bring healing again, to bring restoration again, to bring help again. And God calls us to do the same, church. Let's go again, let's believe again let's help again let's support again because of the love that God gives us through Jesus Christ to love and support those who are weak and you know we'll pray at the end and believe that God will fill us afresh so that we can believe and look after our local community and the community of our church So the first one was teach by example the second one was support the weak and the third thing that Paul writes about in Acts is remembering the words of Jesus. So in verse 35 towards the end he quotes Jesus and he says this giving brings a far greater blessing than receiving. Now when you look at this you think yeah I've heard that many times I know growing up i've i've heard that sort of thing giving is better than receiving it's a well known saying and when you look at the the gospels the four accounts of jesus life that's not in there Paul is quoting Jesus but he's not quoting for Matthew, Mark, Luke or John. He isn't quoting the Bible as we know it that tells us what Jesus says. It isn't in any of the Gospels and yet Paul is quoting something that he knows that Jesus said that giving brings a far greater blessing than receiving. Now to me this is absolutely amazing because we suddenly have something that we didn't have before you can read matthew mark luke and john and you don't hear jesus say this and yet in acts paul gives us an insight to something else that jesus said a gem that paul obviously thought was so important that he shared with these ephesian leaders and it wasn't the first time he shared them because he was reminding them of what Jesus said. This was something that Paul obviously thought was really important. That he banged the drum of This is something that Jesus said. Jesus said giving brings a far greater blessing than receiving. And he, he he just keeps pressing on it. So to me this is like I've got to take note of this. Let's take note of the fact that giving brings a far greater blessing than receiving, because Paul is highlighting it here, and it's nowhere else in, in in the Gospels. So, you know, sometimes when you hear something like that, and you've heard it many times before, and it's just one of them sayings that rolls off your tongue, you don't really think about the implications of it. You know, how often are we afraid without giving, without the hope of having back? Because let's be honest, inherently we're selfish. We're selfish and we want something back. We want to give a gift so that we receive a gift. We want to help somebody so that we receive help. And yet Jesus is trying to teach us stop being selfish. Stop thinking only about yourself. Give and be kind and love and give of yourself without wishing to receive back because the giving is the blessing in itself. And yet we get caught up so much with with how things make us feel, with the emotional fix of things, with how we Receiving physical things makes us feel that that makes us feel loved. Well, suddenly I feel loved. Suddenly I feel like I belong because I've had a message, because I've had a gift, because somebody said something to me. And yet God is trying to teach us through Jesus Christ and through Paul that giving is the blessing in itself. Stop giving in the hope that you will get something. Stop giving in the hope that it will provide an opportunity for you. Stop giving in the hope that it means you will get something back. Stop giving giving in the hope that you it means that you will you will connect in some different way so often that is all we think and yet God wants to teach us to let go of our selfishness to let go of our selfish ambition and allow him to bless us through the gift of just giving and allow the giving in itself to be the blessing And I know at times at Christmas and at birthdays when we've given gifts to our children, just seeing the looks on their faces has just been so wonderful and such a blessing. And in doing that, maybe you've given a gift to a friend and they've really appreciated it, or a parent and it's really touched their heart. And in doing that, it's really blessed you and in doing that we get this tiny glimpse of the blessing that comes from giving and yet then so often we get caught up in our own selfishness our own wants our own desires our own things that takes us away again and stops us giving of ourselves and giving and giving and giving and so again we need God's love within us to empower us to equip us to keep giving when we don't receive back to keep loving when we don't receive back to keep trying when we don't receive back because often that is the problem we will go so far we will love so much we will help so much but when we don't get back what we want we just say oh, i can't be bothered anymore i'm not gonna bother with you anymore just forget it and yet god calls us to keep giving to keep loving to keep caring to keep blessing to keep helping so can i encourage you this morning where you're struggling where you may be given up and thought i've given up with that person then can just forget it now i'm not gonna i'm not Want to help with that anymore because I never get anything back. God is calling you to go again, to give of yourself again, and allow Him to bless you. Not other people, not other things, but allow Him to be the blessing and the thanks that you get for everything you do. And if we can do this, it will help us personally to connect and belong and not isolate ourselves, but it will also help and build a better community. How quickly we forget you know, let's meditate on the things God's calling us to do, let's focus and allow them to go deep into our hearts, let the Holy Spirit help us to grow and change, so that it no longer becomes about us and me and I, but it actually becomes about other people, about building community, about helping people to belong, about reaching out to the poor, about reaching out to those who don't know Jesus, because that is our commission, that is what we're called to, that is what we've been sent for, not ourselves not what we can get back but what we can do to bring Jesus Christ to people's lives what we can do to help the weak and those who are struggling because that is what we've been called for and that is what we've been sent to so as I conclude this morning remember believe who he says you are he says that you are his and you are part of his community he says you are a part he says you are loved and as we accept and believe those things and it helps us to build a bigger community trust in him for the strength and the hope and the love that you need to help you to keep giving and to help you to keep supporting and to help you to keep going when you receive nothing back I pray this morning that God gives us the strength to change individually but to grow deeper and to grow more caring as a community let's believe again let's go again let's trust god again let's pray together Father God I thank you that you call us to fulfil belonging and to build a healthy community and I pray that as we've heard your word this morning God that we would learn to teach by example that we would learn to support the weak again that we would remember your words giving brings a far greater blessing than receiving and Father God as we do God I pray that you would you would just remind us right now who we are in you that we belong in you that we are a part of you and of the community of your church father god i pray that where we maybe feel alone and isolated god that you would challenge our thinking god that you would break down dividing walls and barriers so that we can connect again so that we can love again so that we can give of ourselves again father god i pray that you would help us to believe believe that we are loved believe that we can father god God, and as we sing this next song, God, I pray that you would minister to hearts. I pray that you would bless and encourage them. God, and I pray for people who maybe don't know you and they're listening this morning. I pray that they would make that first step to belong in your community, to say, Jesus, come into my life. I need your help. I need you. I want to say I'm sorry for what I've done and invite you in. God, I pray that people will connect again. I pray that we would love again. I pray that we would support others again. God, help us in Jesus' name. Amen.